Good morning. How's everyone doing? We're doing well? Kind of awake? All right, I know how it is. It's cold outside. People didn't want to get up early this morning. That's okay. My name is Mark, and I have the privilege of uh, being the lead pastor here, and so it is great to see everyone this morning. Great to see uh, some faces that I know and also some faces that I don't know, and I don't say that to insult the people that I know. I'm just saying it's exciting to see new people, so if you're an old face that I've already known, you're appreciated. I want you to know that, all right? But uh, we are, we're in a series called Definition, as that bumper told us, and uh, because we're a new church, uh, we, we have only been in this building, I forget already, five, six weeks, I don't even know, it all blurs together, but we have not been meeting long, we were, we were gathering as a launch team, and uh, looking at, at launching as a new church, and so we just moved into this facility, and so there are a lot of things in our, in our church and in our culture that are undefined, and so we're, we're talking through some of those things, what does it look like for us to reach Hilliard, what does it look like uh, for us to be the church, what does it look like for us to take the gospel uh, to our friends and to our neighbors. And so we're talking through those things in this series, and uh, that's why this has been good. Today we are going to uh, kind of explain that video you just saw more and talk about uh, a project that we're looking at to really take the gospel to Hilliard and how we can begin to put down roots and let people know that we are here. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second, but uh, uh, I think you would all agree sometimes it's good to know the, the backstory to something. And so uh, some of you have never been here, you, you've only been here a few weeks, and so for me to say, Hey, we're Movement Church. This is who we are. You're thinking, okay, but how did this get started? Where did it come from? What's all that fun stuff? And so uh, eventually today we're going to talk about how our church came to be. But I thought first, in honor of Valentine's Day being this week and just to embarrass my wife, I would give you the backstory of how her and I came to be, just to entertain you. So, honey, you can, you can come on up here. I got you a mic right here. I did tell her this was going to happen. Don't let her face fool you, okay? So, um, but I, I, like I said, sometimes you just want to know the backstory, how something came to be, how it really happened. And so... Uh, I thought maybe this would be a good warm-up. Before we even tell the story of the church, uh, I could tell you the story of how I tricked someone that's way out of my league into dating, being engaged to, and then marrying me. So uh, this is the story of Mark and Kristen. We met in 1999 on uh, Operation Barnabas, which is like a, a high school ministry trip. Uh, you go for six weeks, and you travel on a blue bus, and, and you're together as a team. And so at the end of this summer, this is the first... Yeah. This is, uh, it's a lot of red. Is your mic on? Sorry, I can't tell. No. Yes, it is. Okay. That's the first picture that I ever tricked her into taking of me. So maybe you saw that this week on my, my Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Uh, but that was, I know you're thinking, he's skinnier, so go ahead and think that. Say it, all right? Um, but we were, we were together for six weeks in high school on this team, traveling around different churches, doing ministry. And um, our, the way that we met, we kind of both remember it different. So I'll share my way first. I remember walking into this gym where it had all the students going before we were divided up on these teams, and I remember seeing this girl walk past me, and my first thought was that she was like 25-ish, you know? So I was like, oh, she must be one of the leaders of this trip. That was what I thought. I'll let you tell them what you thought of me. Just kind of try to be nice, though. Okay, babe? Try. Okay. Okay. Um, so I guess the first strike against him was I always said I would never date a redhead, ever. Like, you just don't do that. When you're a redhead, you don't go find a redhead. <laughs> and so, you know, we walk into this gym, and all the registration tables are set up, and, and the gym was empty except for him, and he was shooting threes, and just, like, you know, putting them in. And I walked in, and I was just like, who thinks, like, they're that cool that they can just be shooting threes? Like... I was like, oh my gosh, I could never date someone like that. You actually said that. I, I, my mom was with me, and I was like, mom, I, I will never date someone like that who just like is shooting threes while everyone's walking in looking at him. So just and to so. review, her first <laughs> sentence ever said about me was, I will never date someone like that. Okay, keep going, honey. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry. To oh, interrupt. no, no. And yeah. so, um, so on this trip, 
um, he, there was a couple guys on the on the trip that Mark really got along with. So they were like the three like funny guys. And so I just remember all summer, he, I, the rumor was that he had a crush on me, and so I was like, whatever. And It was I, not a rumor. Let me interrupt again. <laughs> I was turning on the flirting pretty big at this point, you know, and in my mind, we had like a thing going. Like, this wasn't like one-sided flirting. I was like, all right, she's feeling it. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's reciprocating the flirting, and there's something building here. So that's what was going on in my head. I don't know what your side I is. I would just remember him and his little buddies in the back of the bus just like constantly goofing off and always being funny. And I was just like, oh my gosh, he always has to be funny. Like, why do you have to be so funny all the time? And so I just like, like all summer, he would just like do little things and like try and flirt with me. And I just like totally tried to just like avoid him. Finally, until the leaders came to me and they're like, hey, stop flirting with that girl. It's getting awkward and you're a distraction. And so I thought, okay, I'll stop flirting with that girl. And so there was like, you know, this, this is like a six-week trip to this world. You know, there was like one week that I didn't talk to her. And I'm like, I can't do it anymore. And so one day, one day they, they assigned us to like paint or something together. So I haven't like talked to her in a week. I've tried to like not flirt. So it's like that, you know, one week in this world felt like we hadn't talked in three years. So I remember just sitting there and being like, hey, how you doing, you know, and trying to flirt again, and it didn't work. And so after that, we kind of just went the rest of the summer, and uh, all I could trick her into doing was taking this picture with me the, the last day that we were together. So you guys remember wearing little bead necklaces like that in the 90s? Some of you don't. Those were awesome. Let me just tell you, though. Okay. So that was the, the first picture we took. Then once we got back home, that's when I really started uh, working the mojo. So I'll let you, you take over there. Uh, well, I should give you a little credit. Take the mic. I, he wasn't like mean or anything like he was always really nice and you know he was funny but I just was trying to like totally avoid him so when we got home um, I we both played soccer and we had like emailed and started back then it was like email and instant message was like cool and stuff like that so we started doing that and I remember thinking like you know that whole time that I was like trying to avoid him and try to act like I didn't like him or anything I still in the back of my head realized like there, you know, there was something that, you know, everyone on the team wanted to be around him. Everybody thought he was so funny and everybody thought he was so nice. So after I went home and like processed that and like, you know, thought about it, I was like, you know, you know, maybe that is someone that I could really like, you know, I do want to like be with someone that people want to be around and people are drawn to. And so little by little, I was a little nicer and. And the moral of the story is, if you keep pursuing a girl, you can probably wear her down and trick her into dating you. So, eventually, we've got some, we've got some pictures that are going to come up here. We'll take them in order. You already saw this one. The next one, one weekend, we had a friend off that trip that, uh, that went to Penn State. So I was like, hey, we should all go visit April. What a great idea. Uh, so we tricked a third guy into going with us. And so this was like the, the double date, the official date. Uh, and, and honestly, we look weird. You can keep going. But... Uh, this was, this was that moment we went swing dancing or we just posed for a picture and pretended we did. Um, but this was, this was November of our senior year of high school. And so, I, you know, basically I just did this because I'm like, we'll get like six hours both ways in the car. We can talk and hang out with all these people. And so uh, eventually I started wearing her down. So you guys can, can scroll through these other pictures. Here's some other ones. Uh, this, is, this is a big moment when we traded soccer coats. Kristen alluded to that. That's a, that's a big step in a high school relationship. <laughs> Clearly... Uh, Mine did not fit. This is, uh, this is us at prom, and I was super tan, as you can tell. So, and um, don't ever let a friend put cornrows in your hair at the prom. Yeah, but in cornrows seemed like a good idea at the time. So there's some other pictures here. Uh, this is just scrolling through our relationship. This is on in college after we were dating. Uh, this was in a stage where we joined a gang, actually. Um, so uh, there's that one. There's some other ones. This is, uh, 
That's when my neck got a little bigger, apparently. So, um, yeah, we dated on through college, got engaged, and uh, all that fun stuff. And so this is actually at her graduation. That's an engagement photo. Then we were married after that. And uh, like I said, eventually, if you pursue a girl long enough, you can trick her into marrying you. So that is the backstory of Kristen and I. Just so I wanted to share that. Will you guys give her a hand for, for coming up here? I know you're, you're probably thinking, okay, so what's the spiritual significance? There really isn't any. I just wanted to make sure people are awake. Uh, you're probably going to wonder, how are those two connected? Uh, and they're not. Honestly, the only connection here is that that's a backstory. You see a couple uh, probably later in life. You know, you see your grandparents, and you always wonder, you know, how did, how did they meet? How, how did they, you know, they first talk? Did, did grandpa ask her out, or were they, you know, churning butter together? How did this happen back then? And you, you always want to know the background of that story. And so uh, that's the background of our story. That's, that's how we came to be. Uh, and as we are a new church um, in the community of Hilliard, uh, there are going to be people that, that see our church. There are going to be people that see, uh, see our church serving. You probably are having conversations. People are saying, hey, where do you go to church? What are you doing on Sundays? And you'll mention, oh, I go to Movement Church. And they're thinking, okay, I don't know what, is, what that is or, or where is that church or how long has it been around? And, and there's so many questions that people will have. And so uh, I want everyone who, who is here today to feel like they are a part of the story of Movement Church. I want you to feel like... Uh, you have been here from the beginning, and whether you felt like you were there for every step, I want you to know what that process has been so that you can say, this is something that I've been a part of, this is something that I've, I've belonged to, and uh, this is something that I know the backstory and what God has been doing. And so uh, I want to kind of tell you another story and, and take you clear back to the beginning of Movement Church and, and how uh, things here came to be, because as we go forward, I want us all to confidently say, this is my family, this is my church. I'm a part of this, and I'm excited about what God is doing. And I think a necessary part of that is, is knowing the background. And so I mentioned that uh, I, I tricked Kristen into liking me or met her on that, that trip in high school uh, called Operation Barnabas. Also on that trip, uh, it was kind of the first time that I was exposed to, to ministry and to a bunch of different churches other than the church I grew up in. And so uh, on that, that trip that summer, uh, the question was asked, have you ever thought about giving your life to full-time ministry, you know, being a pastor, being a missionary, different things? And I had honestly never thought of that. Uh, I had just always said I was going to be a doctor. I am not smart enough in any way to be a doctor. I just thought it sounded awesome. So all through high school, I'm like, I'm going to be a doctor. And probably my science teachers were like, no, you're not, but that's cute, you know. Um, I won't even tell you my chemistry grade, but it was lower than a D. So um, it wasn't, wasn't too awesome. So... Um, yeah, I, I had no business being a doctor. And so finally, I, I kind of realized, you know, this is how God has wired me. I love people. I love the local church. And I knew that I wanted to, to, to go into ministry. And that summer, we visited a lot of church plants. And so I got to see uh, one of the churches that supports us now that's 2,500 people and, and a couple different locations and has some awesome stuff going on. We went there that summer, and it was 40 people in a room like this. They had a drum set on the stage, and they didn't even have a drummer in the church. They just bought the drum set because they wanted, they wanted a vision to be there, like, hey, eventually this church is going to rock. We don't know when we're going to get there. Uh, we luckily started with Matt, so we already have someone that can rock. But they, they, just, they had a drum set just sitting up there. Now this church is, is awesome. So that summer, I got to be exposed to a lot of startup churches, a lot of church plants. And uh, I don't, some people see stuff like that, and they think, like, that's terrible. I would never do that. Kind of the way that some of you are with kids. You go to your friend's house, and you see their kids, and you're like, I'm never having kids. And other people are like, you see terrible kids, and you think, I want to have 10 kids, and you don't know why. You're just demented like that, right? So I was in these churches. We actually visited a church that was in a double-wide trailer, and for some reason, God was doing something in my heart, and like, I, I, want, to, I want to help start a church someday. And so uh, that was kind of the beginning of this. And so as Kristen and I started dating, we had a conversation where I'm like, hey, uh, I'm always going to be really good looking, but to tell you the truth, 
I'm not going to make a lot of money. And in fact, I'm probably going to go into ministry and it's going to be terrible. And maybe you don't want to date me. And she's like, nope, I want to do the same thing. And so I thought, awesome. I don't know how God found this girl for me, but this is great. And so as we were dating in college, we kind of always talked about church planning was going to be down the road. We didn't know what it would look like or what God would have for us. But we talked to some guys that were part of church planning organizations. And we said, hey, please bother us about church planning the rest of our lives. Because we can say no to you, but we want to know that, that we're constantly just saying, God, we're willing to go where you would have us. And so when we graduated from college, got married, uh, went on to seminary, and then we're offered a, a position at Grace Church up in Powell, Ohio, which was that, that video you just saw. That's the church that, that I was on staff at for seven years. And one of the reasons we were excited about going there was because they had had a part in planning other churches around Columbus. And uh, that whole time we were there, we, we told them, we, you know, we said, honestly, we think God will call us to plant a church someday. And they said, great, we've already done that. We hope we can be a part of your story. And so we just kind of went to work and, and made friends, made a home here in Columbus and, and kept praying about that. And about a year and a half ago, uh, Kristen and I had a conversation where we just said, I've been praying about this and I feel like the whispers are getting louder and louder. I feel like this is what God wants us to do and he wants us to do it now. And so we started praying about that, started talking to some people at Vision Ohio, a church planning organization, and they said, why don't you go get assessed as a church planner? Why don't you go see if, if this is something that fits your personality and something that would work out? And so we did that, and we were waiting on those results, and because I was terrible at chemistry, I'm afraid of anything that grades me. So we were all paranoid and praying, and we were like, oh, we're going to get a D minus again. This is not good, and it's going to be bad, you know. And uh, as we were praying about that, Encounter Church, which is our, our sending church, our supporting church up in Dublin, Ohio, came and approached Kristen and I. The pastor, uh, Sean, showed up at our house one day on my day off, and uh, we had no idea what he was coming. I, I'm his barber, in case you didn't know I'm a part-time barber, not for money, just for fun in my garage. So I thought he was coming over for a haircut, and he shows up at my house, and he's like, hey, I want to talk to you about church planning. And I'm like, okay, awesome. We always talk all kinds of stuff. And he just lays down a timeline in front of me, and he said, this is something that our church has been saving money for. This is something our elders have been praying about. This is something we believe in, and this is a timeline that we would want. We, we want you and Kristen to consider uh, finding a launch team and, and launching a church somewhere here in Columbus out of Encounter Church. And we had been praying that God would give us direction, that God would kind of show something there. And so we're thinking, okay, God, this is pretty obvious. And so, you know, we said, wow, this is awesome. We'll, we'll pray about it. We kind of do the answer, but we we're just afraid to say anything because we thought we'd get struck by lightning. So, uh, you know, we said, awesome. We'll, we'll pray about that. And so that's kind of how uh, movement came to be. We, we transitioned off staff at Grace Church uh, and, and, and just started looking for, for people that the vision of, of a church plant would resonate with, started gathering friends, many of you in this room talking to you. Uh, others heard and contacted us. And over time, God built a launch team, and uh, we, we, we came to decide that we were going to call this church Movement Church uh, because the word movement means intentional, contagious. And we knew that the gospel and that the church were intentional and contagious, and only, only when humans screw it up uh, are those things not intentional and contagious, and we wanted that to always be our vision. And so uh, we decided to, to move to Hilliard, and so I want to show you guys some maps, kind of how we arrived at Hilliard. We didn't just take a dartboard and throw a dart and say, all right, we're going to Hilliard. Does anyone know anyone there? What's going on? Uh, there's a map here. This is, this is, uh, these are some of the stats we got a hold of. That is uh, Greater Central Ohio, Columbus there. If you can see 270 going around that, uh, this is a map that we got a hold of. And this map actually shows the faith involvement of Columbus, Ohio, because we didn't want to just go somewhere because there was a new mall there or because uh, the houses were cheap or something. We know that people plant churches uh, so that pe because, because people there need Jesus. We believe that's the, the biggest reason that a church should be planted. 
Uh, sometimes you plant for momentum or other things, but we believe that you, you plant a church where people need Jesus. And so if you guys go to the, the next slide, this will kind of zoom in, but there, uh, you, can, you can see that the red areas are the places uh, where statistics say there's the lowest faith involvement. I don't know anything about stats. I didn't do this report. Uh, the, 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 the red is, is where we're told that people need Jesus, and actually uh, the dark blue is, is the second color. And so if you go to the next one, uh, because of the churches we were networked with, I mentioned Grace Church and Encounter, and there was a church up in Marysville that those churches had helped start. Uh, this was kind of where our network of churches was, and so um, we thought, okay, these are the people that, that know us, that love us, that support us, that people from our launch team have come off of. Many of these churches uh, financially support this effort and also uh, supply people for the launch team. And so uh, you'll notice where one of the big red areas there, right around Hilliard, was in the last slide is also where there's a giant empty slide or an empty spot here. And so if you go to the next one, we laid those two maps over top of each other and we said, all right, where, where do people need Jesus in, in Greater Columbus? And where is there an opportunity that, that our, our churches that support us would be excited about sending us? And as we laid those two over top of each other, uh, we kind of saw that giant purple star appear. Just kidding, I put that on there myself in PowerPoint. It's really impressive. But uh, it, God kind of made it obvious, because I'm, I'm a black and white person like that that just needs slapped over the head like, hey, dummy, plant a church here. So uh, when we did these things, this was obvious. Uh, and in that moment, we kind of knew that this is where God was calling us. This was a town in an area that was... Uh, on our radar and something we were excited about, something we were praying about. But this was kind of the affirmation that, that yes, this is where God wanted us. And so uh, we decided that we would be here, and that's uh, how we kind of operated moving forward. And so that's some of the backstory in Movement Church. This last year, we started meeting this last fall as a launch team. Many of us started gathering and saying, all right, what does it look like to start a church in an area where a lot of us have not lived or we still don't live. What does it look like to do public services? What does it look like to buy chairs, to have a band, to, to meet in small groups, to bless a, a community and be a part of that community? What do all those things look like? And so from September to December, we met as a group up in Dublin at, at Encounter Church and talked through those things. Just a few of us in a classroom, uh, but each week that, that number got bigger. And as we got toward January, we knew that we were going to move here and, and start public services. And so we started buying some stuff and purchasing some stuff, and we still don't have all the things we need, but that has kind of been our timeline. And, and many of you have, have uh, been a part of some of those uh, things. Maybe you were to that classroom once or twice. Maybe you uh, came here once we started meeting here. Maybe it's your first week. Uh, but I want you to know that's how we picked Hilliard. That's how we knew that God wanted us here. That's how we were called here. That's the path we've been on. That's, that's where God has brought us, and that's how we started meeting in this very room. So whether you know it or not now, you were part of Movement Church, not just because I'm saying it, but because you know our story, because you're part of our story. And I don't want this to be a, well, Mark and Kristen did that, or, well, there's that one couple that they've said they've been here since the beginning, and I heard they lead a movement group, but I don't really know who they are. This is not, this is not my story. This is not someone else's story. Uh, the story of Movement Church is, is our story. And the reason I want to say that is because moving forward, we want to talk about how can we impact Hilliard? How can we bless Hilliard? And that's not done by one or two people. That's not done by an original group of 10 that all had matching t-shirts. That's not done by a, a small group. That is done by a church, by a full body. And I believe that that's something that, that is going to take every one of us as we go forward. And so uh, I'm going to ask you guys to, uh, to put those verses back up that we read as we were singing today. Uh, verses out of, out of Matthew. Uh, this is, these are some, just some verses that I want to focus us on today. And uh, this is Matthew 28, 18 and 20. And uh, we, can, we can read these together, but it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, 
In the name of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always to the end of the age. The reason I wanted to uh, focus this on that verse this morning is because I, I think that it, it says a lot uh, about how a, a group of people can impact an area. I think it says a lot about how we can reach a community. Uh, we, we obviously want to look to Jesus for our direction and, and for, uh, honestly, our, our cues of how we do that. We're not out here just making things up and saying, uh, how about we open up a, a froyo place? Maybe people will come to that. Do, has any church ever done that? I, we don't know what to do. Uh, God gave us a roadmap, and he said, here's how you reach an area. Here's how you, some of you were like, froyo, that'd be a good idea. I can see that. That's a terrible idea, all right? I, I said it sarcastically. But we look to the Bible for a roadmap of how you can reach an area, how you can impact an area. And this is, this is what Jesus said. He said, I'm with you. He's saying this to the disciples, but obviously he's saying this to us later on. It, it applies to us. He's saying, I'm with you. I, I'm in you. I've given you the Holy Spirit, so, so go. He tells them to go and, and make disciples. And the word disciple is kind of like a weird thing. I think sometimes if you would say that to your friend, like, hey, you want to be a disciple? Someone you work with, they'd be like, what cult have you joined? But really, a disciple is just someone who, who's following someone. And so uh, if you've given your life to Jesus, you are a disciple of Jesus. And you are, you are giving him your life and following him with your life. And so Jesus said, go and, and make disciples. And here's what that means. That means we have to take the gospel to people. There are people who don't know that Jesus died so that they can have life. There are people that don't know that their sin separates them from God. And they don't know that they can have Jesus as part of their life. They can give their life to him and follow him. So the first part of making disciples is telling the gospel to people. We need to make the gospel known. The second part of that is once the gospel is known and people say, hey, that's what's been missing in my life. I, I haven't had a relationship with God. I haven't known that, that Jesus was the path to God. I didn't know that he was, he was the way to God. When, when people realize that and give their life to God, that's, that's when they become a disciple. And so our job of making disciples, we need to tell people the gospel. We need to see them give their lives to Jesus. Jesus is saying in this passage, go make disciples. Tell people about the gospel. Tell people about who I am. Tell them that I'm what they've been missing. And as they make a decision to follow Jesus... They will, they will give their lives to him, and they will grow in that faith. They will grow in that relationship with God, and they will grow, and they will see their lives transformed and change. That's the roadmap we're given. Jesus didn't say, go and be super nice to everyone, or go and try to not offend people, or go and make sure that you're always smiling and listening to the fish or the river or whatever the Christian station is in your, in your town. He didn't, he didn't say those things. I'm not saying those things are bad, but he said, go and make disciples. And so as Christ followers, our roadmap is to take the gospel and see people give their lives to Jesus. It's our job to take the gospel to the world. That's the blueprint the church has been given. And there's another verse that I want to read today because this is what Jesus said uh, later on, just a, a few moments as he's, as he's leaving earth. This is, this is Acts 1.8. Acts 1.8 says, so when the, the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set these dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so the, these disciples had, had been told, take the gospel, go and make disciples. But I think sometimes we, we know what we're supposed to do and we think, okay, what, is that, what does that look like? How, how do I do that? Because honestly, 
when you turned 16, you, you knew you were supposed to get your license, right? That process was kind of laid out for you. You knew, okay, I've got to get a permit. I've got to do some in-car driving. I've got to get yelled at by my parents for a few hours as I drive around town and endanger their life, and then I've got to pass a test, all right? That was kind of defined. But and, uh, think about when you, when you graduated, maybe when you graduated high school, college, whatever that graduation date was, you knew that you needed to, to get a job. That process isn't as defined, all right? Some of you were like, okay, I need to make a resume, but what do I want to do? I have a kind of general degree, and I don't know what the next step is. Sometimes when we, when we know what we're supposed to do, we still, we still ask, okay, now what? And in what order? And, and what does this look like? And so I feel like this is why Jesus uh, plainly said this to the disciples in Acts 1.8, because he'd already said, go make disciples, take the gospel to the world. But just in case these guys were like, well, what does that mean? What? I don't understand. He said, all right, guys. Here's, here's how I want you to do this. He used towns and areas, regions, things that they knew. He said, I want, you to, I want you to be my witnesses. I want you to take the gospel out. I want you to do that here in our local context, in our city. That means the people you know, the people you rub shoulders with, the people you live with, even your family. He said, I want you to, I want you to take the gospel to our, to our region, to, to their state. That'd be Ohio for us. He said, I want you to take the gospel... To, to the ends of the earth. And so he kind of just drew these circles, circles of influence. He said, all right, you've got your family, you've got your area, you've got the people you live life with. Maybe that's, for us, that's our job, that's, that's our neighbors, that's, that's the people that we see often. We're supposed to take the gospel to them. We're supposed to make disciples there. Not just that, he said, and he didn't say after step one, these are kind of all running at the same time. He said, take the gospel to your immediate context and take the gospel to your region and Take the gospel to the world. And that sounds like a lot, but he's not asking us to do that. He's asking us to go in the power that, that God provides, to go with the Holy Spirit. And so that's why he said, I'm with you. Here are your marching orders. And so I want you to know, as I've said that that's the backstory of Movement Church, and I've said that we are all a part of that story now, I want you to know that these are our marching orders. This is the goal for our church. We want to take the gospel to Hilliard, to Columbus, to Ohio, to the United States, and to the world. And yes, that is a uh, big, hairy, audacious goal, as they say. It scares me. Take the gospel to the world. Even take the gospel to my neighborhood. Those things scare me. But God's with us. He told us that. And that's why we have a, a big job ahead. It's our job to take the gospel to Hilliard, Columbus, Ohio, and the world. And so this morning, I want to let you know because you are a part of Movement Church, because we are a family who's going to impact the world together, I want you to know how we're doing that. I want to outline that for you, because I don't want you to ever feel uh, disconnected or, or overwhelmed. I want you to know how we're reaching Hilliard, Ohio, the United States, and the world. And this is how we're doing that. Every week, we have a time of, of giving. Now, some people have, have been to a church where they felt like the pastor was up there saying, all right, get out your checkbooks. I need everybody to write big checks. We don't ever want people to feel awkward like that. But, but those of us who have decided to call Movement Church our home, we've said that we want to honor God by giving back our money. And, and, and there are many ways that our money is going to, to impact the world. We have money set aside uh, for, for people in Hilliard, Ohio. As, as we learn of families that, that, that need their water bill paid or need help with their rent that month or maybe just need uh, something because they've fallen behind, we've set money aside to bless and minister to Hilliard, Ohio. Obviously, also, we're meeting in Hilliard, Ohio every week, uh, having a worship experience, trying to be the church in our movement groups and also on Sunday mornings. And so those are some of the ways that we're immediately impacting Hilliard. We've also set money aside 
that can go toward uh, missions, you know, basically in our region. So whether that's down at Ohio State's campus, part of real life, whether that's Ohio, or whether that's part of the United States, we've set money aside and said, God, we want to impact our immediate context, but we also want to go outside of that. We've also set money aside because uh, even though we're only a few weeks old, we believe in church planning, and we believe in starting churches. And so we're putting 5% of every, every dollar that ever comes in, we're putting that aside for a church that we want to start in the future. We don't know if that'll be in one week, although I doubt it will. All right, I've got to be honest. Uh, it might be in five years. Uh, we don't know that timeline, but we're just saying, God, here's the money that we want to give you. Uh, we trust that you'll bless that and, and make it obvious. And uh, also uh, around the world, we're putting a, a percentage of, of our money that, that God trusts us with to missions around the world. And I've got to tell you, you guys don't know this, but you're like the popular kid in school, all right? I'm already getting missions organizations calling us and saying like, hey, we know that you're a young startup church, but we believe in what you guys are doing and we trust that there are great things to come. We would love to, to talk with you about, about partnering. We'd love to talk with you about sponsoring a village in, in Haiti or, or a, a water well in Africa. And there are daily opportunities presented to us. We haven't, we haven't committed to any of those things. We're kind of just uh, holding that money back and, and keeping it aside and saying, God, where do you want us? But we intend to have an impact around the world in supporting missionaries and, and taking social justice and other things to, to other continents. And so when you give money here, uh, it doesn't just go to keep these lights on. In fact, that's why we have most of them off right now, to save money, all right? I want you to know that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, our money is, is not just all going in-house. It's not, uh, you know, going toward things that, that nothing, nothing really uh, matters. A, a percentage of our money, in fact, it's, it's like 15 to 20% is going right back out the door, is going to missions, is going to other organizations, is going to church planning, is going to families and, and people in Hilliard. And I want you to know that and feel confident in that, uh, that when you are, are making Movement Church your home, when you're giving uh, your, your money and your resources here, it's going right back out the door. And we're, we're blessing people in your name and, and doing those things. And so that's one of the ways that we think uh, that we can take the gospel to Hilliard, to Ohio, to the United States, and, and around the world is with our finances. But there's, there's one other way that, that we want to uh, talk about doing that today, and you already saw that video. We think that sometimes uh, we, need to, we need to do things that, that make a splash in a community. We think we need to do something uh, to, to get a little attention, not because we always need attention, uh, but there's a verse in Matthew 5 that says, uh, tells Christians, you're the salt of the earth, you're a, you're a city on a hill. And it talks about that believers should be like a, a, a light up on a hill that, that, that people can see in the darkness. And maybe they don't know exactly what that light is, but they're, they're conscious of it. They're curious about it, and they know about it. We want our church to be like that in this community. We want it to be obviously seen. We want it to stand out, and we want it to be a noticeable difference. And I don't know if you know this, but Hilliard is a very young community. All right? I don't know if you've ever hung out with any uh, 21 to 35-year-olds. I think you have because most of you are probably in that age range. Uh, but the longer that 21 to 35-year-olds hang out, uh, eventually they start dating and getting married. And eventually there are families and different things there. And so there are a lot of 21 to 35-year-olds in Hilliard, way above the national average. And there are also a lot of 0 to 8-year-olds in Hilliard, way above the national average. You can do the math there, but those 21 to 35-year-olds made those 0 to 8-year-olds. I'll tell you that, okay? Um, that is not a bad thing. That is an awesome thing. That is a God-ordained thing. 
Um, but that is our community. It, it has a, a lot of young adults and a lot of young children. And so we have been sent here to be a, a city on a hill, to, to be light, to be salt. And we want to stand out and be obvious and take the gospel to our community. And so we believe the best way that we can do that is by reaching those young families and those young families with children. And so uh, March 30th, the day before our, our Easter service, when we have our official grand opening, we're going to uh, kind of do an event like you already saw in that video. We're going to do a helicopter Easter egg drop. And so uh, that's kind of what we want to announce to you today because we want it to be known that this is something that we as a family, we as a church are getting behind and we are excited about and we believe is going to, to reach Hilliard. And so this is a way that we're taking the gospel to our immediate context. You can read it there, but I will just insult you and read it back to you for no good reason. Uh, it says, join us for an incredible event, a helicopter dropping over 40,000 candy field eggs. We'll kick off the day. Great for kids ages 0 to 10 and their families. Saturday, March 30th, 11 a.m., Spindler Park, Hillard, Ohio, and it tells the egg drop and all that fun stuff there. This is an event that we are doing not because we're going to uh, put the gospel in each one of those eggs or not because every person that comes in is going to be handed a track. We are doing this so that we can be a known entity in Hilliard. We want people to know us, to know of us, to know that we love the community, we care for the community, and we want to do this to announce the presence of our church in this community because we know it is our job to take the gospel to Hilliard, because we know it's our job to make disciples in Hilliard. And obviously the first step of that is announcing that we're here, is letting people know that we're here and, and begin to, to bless them and, and impact their lives. And so let me tell you, um, some, some details of this because we, we want people to get behind this. We have made 15,000 postcards for this event, all right? That's a lot of postcards, 15,000, all right? Here, here's our plan to do this because postage continues to go up like every week, it feels like. Uh, we decided that the best use of our time would be to put it into resources and put it into this event, and so we're not going to be sending these out as mailers. I'm going to be honest with you. The reason that we want people to be behind this is we want to have people from our church take these flyers door to door. Now, we're not asking you to, to go up and say, if you were to die today, do you know where you'd go? Can I talk to you? You don't have to, you don't have to go with a clipboard and all kinds of stuff. We, we would love for you to knock on the door and say, hey, we want to let you know about this egg drop for kids that's going on in, in Hilliard and walk away. We're not asking you to have a 20-minute conversation or to share your testimony or do anything uh, too big, but we do want to let people know about this. And so we have 15,000 flyers that we're asking people to take door-to-door. -door. I haven't counted how many people are in here, but I'm willing to guess that there are about 65, 75 adults uh, at Movement Church today. Here's the awesome part. We, we did the math this week. We have 15,000 flyers. We're going to give a couple thousand of those to the Y because they've agreed to kind of partner on this event. They're going to send them home with everyone that does sports and different things through the Y. And uh, so we need, to, we need to distribute 13,000 cards for this event. If 65 people take 200 cards, that's how we would get rid of 13,000, all right? So we're asking that each person that, that, that is excited about this event, that believes in Movement Church, believes that the gospel will be, will be shared through this event, that believes that this will be a great way for us to announce our presence in the community, we're asking you to take 200 flyers door-to-door, -door, all right? I'm not asking every married couple. We're asking every person. Sometimes things are easier when you get married, like you get to share rent, life's better. If you're a married couple, we're still asking you to do 400, all right? But out here today at the Next Steps table, we have maps of the community, and we have an area that we've set aside, and we want you to adopt that area. If you live in a certain area and you want to say, you know what, we'll pass these out in our neighborhood. We're, we're going to sign you up and say, all right, Kristen Arttrip, she's going to do Gladstone Estates. So they're going to they're put your name next to that, and, and they might follow up with you and ask you eventually, hey, did you actually pass out those cards you said that you would? Did you tell your neighborhood about this event? 
And, and so we're, we're asking people to adopt areas of Hilliard today to get the word out for this event. Now, we're not asking you to pass these cards out in February when it's freezing, all right? Because I know that was everyone's first thought. It's freezing and snowing out. This is still weeks away. Why would I do that, all right? How many people have ever been a part of an organization that was like unorganized and did everything last minute? Maybe it was your family. Okay. Um, I have been a part of organizations like that, and Movement Church has been like that. I'm not going to lie to you. But when we can, we want to be out in front of things and, and be organized. And so we wanted to get these in your hands weeks in advance to let you know that we're excited about this. If we're not excited about this, no one will be excited about this. And so we want to get you these cards today. We don't even want them passed out till after March 1st, all right? So you've got some weeks to just sit on them, pray over them, decide your attack plan, get a babysitter, look for a warm day on the calendar. I don't know, whatever you think you need to do, we want you to have these weeks in advance. And so anytime after March 1st, if you're sitting at home on a Saturday and all of a sudden you're thinking, wow, I have nothing to do. March Madness hasn't started yet. Hey, it's magically 60 today. I wish I could take the kids on a walk. We want you to be able to look over and say, Oh, I've got these cards right here. Maybe I can go pass those out. Let's, let's throw everybody in the wagon, and, and we'll go around the neighborhood and do that. Or maybe if you're a college student and you have 10-page papers due every week for the rest of the semester, we want you to be able to work ahead on your college paper so that you can save one warm Saturday and say, you know what, because I want to take the gospel to Hilliard, because I believe in this event, I'm, I'm going to set this three-hour block aside, and I'm going to go walk around to 200 houses and let people know about this egg drop. And so we want to put these in your hand early and, and let you know these things. And so what we're asking you to do today is to sign up to pass out those cards. Here's the best part about these cards. This is the other side. All right? So one side says the egg drop. The other side is going to let people know, hey, here's a new church, a church that exists in Hilliard, a church that's right over by the Tim Hortons and Wendy's that you love to eat at. All right? A church that's right behind those. And, and they're here, and, and they want to they wanna be your home church, all right? And so people are going to see that egg drop, and we're going to tell people about that. The other side of that card is going to let them know that, that we're here as a church. And so we believe that this will kind of promote that event, but it will also get the word out about our church and, and let people know that we are here. And so today, um, I hope that this doesn't come across as a guilt trip, but I hope it comes across that, that we're asking for you to partner. We're asking for you to make this a success because we, we want our church to be a church that reaches Hilliard, that impacts Hilliard. And we think the best way to start that process is, is to have a huge event that, that can cause a splash and that, that we can get a couple thousand people to and get them connected. And so uh, we're going to ask you to partner in that. And so right out here at the Next Steps table, uh, if you want to go to that table and say, hey, I, I would like to adopt a neighborhood. I'd like to get 200 cards. Uh, I, would, I would love for, for that to happen today. Uh, sometimes we say, hey, visit the Next Steps table, and every, every week there's a few people that go out there. I'm hoping that there will just be a, 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 a traffic jam out there this week. Um, I, don't, I don't mean to do a guilt trip like I said, but I, I hope that, that you can see. I would like every person in this room, every person that calls Movement Church home, whether it's your first week or your 50th week, uh, if you believe in, in what we're doing and you want to be a part of that, I would love to see you adopt one of those things. And so this is even for the, the sound guys, for the band people, for the people working back in Movement Kids, for people who are sick today, maybe your spouse couldn't come, just go ahead and grab some cards and tell them you signed them up. They will love that, okay? So um, that's kind of our, our application to tell you the truth for today because um, those verses say that it's our job to make disciples, it's our job to take the gospel to the world, and we don't ever want to have uh, a sermon where there isn't some practical application. So I don't mean to say if, if you go home without cards, you're not taking the gospel to the world, but I also want you to feel like here's a way that I can impact Hilliard. Here's a way that I can, I can make this happen in my own family and my own life. Some of the conversations I get to have with Malachi and Canaan as we walk around door to door, my sons, when they're like, why are we doing this? Can we go home? Can we eat chicken nuggets? They have like the most random questions. And to be able to say, we're doing this because we want people in Hilliard to know about Jesus. 
Those, are, those things are priceless. And so um, I hope that you believe in this event and, and in what Movement Church is doing on multiple levels. And I hope that, that you'll respond in that way today and, and grab one of those cards. So um, there's also opportunities out there. We're going to need a lot of people to, to volunteer that day. Uh, we're hoping with a big crowd comes a, a traffic jam, like I said. And so we'll want people to direct traffic and help us set up and, and all those fun things. And so if you're one of those guys that owns rain boots and you like to get up early in the morning and set things up just so you can wear your cool rain boots, that might be where you want to sign up. So let us know that. Uh, but like I said, I hope that we can get behind this as a family. We can, we can make this an all-church event, not just something we talk about, but something that we adopt something that we believe in, and not just something that we believe in because I, I, I said we should or something like that. I hope that we can believe in this because it's our job to take the gospel to the world, and it's our job to take the gospel to our immediate context, and this is a way that we can, we can do that and get behind that. So uh, I invite you guys to, to respond in that way. I'm going to invite the, the band back up. Let me, let me pray for us here, and we can uh, continue worshiping and um, being excited about what God is doing. So let's pray. God, thank you for a chance to look in your word today. Lord, thank you uh, that Jesus was clear and that he gave us marching orders. Lord, that he said to take the gospel, uh, Lord, to our, to our family, to the circles of people we run in in our immediate context, to our region, Lord, to our country and to the world. And God, I pray that we can be excited about that. I pray that we can be excited about the fact that we have life, we have identity, we have meaning, and we have belonging because of our relationship with Jesus and the path that he is to God the Father. Lord, I pray that we can be excited about the gospel, we can be confident of the gospel, and Lord, we can, we can know that it's our job to take the gospel to the world. So Lord, be with us today uh, as, we, as we sing, as we continue to worship. Help us to, uh, Lord, just, just soak that in and be excited about that. It's in your name I pray.